0: Miller and Condon, Ken Miller, Trent Condon, this is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.
1: All righty, good morning everybody, welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, it is indeed Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, for the next couple of hours. We will talk sports with you while keeping one eye on the television. It's the UNI Panthers and those Tar Heels from North Carolina, live from, uh, they must be in Atlantis because they just showed the uh, the hotel. Anyways, we will uh, talk a lot of football coming up on the program here today. Here's the BMW of Des Moines guest list in uh, about 15 minutes, less than that. We're going to talk to Stephen M. Simple, get Nebraska's perspective on the Heroes game course t- or tips. It kicks on Friday at 11 o'clock o'clock in the morning. Uh, You can hear the game down the hall on 1040 WHO. Should you be traveling or should you be required to spend some of your morning in a parking lot while family members go in and shop? Uh, WHO has the game and we'll talk to Sipple about that coming up here in about 15 minutes. Bill Seals covers Iowa State. We'll recap the uh, Iowa State Uh, Football press conferences that happened yesterday. Take a peek at football as well. CycloneReport.com for Bill Seale, part of the Rivals Network bottom of the hour. Uh, Mitch Holtis will not join us live here this morning, but he did send along a clip uh, that we'll play um, with the the holiday, etc. You can understand why uh, we got squeezed, but uh, he uh, was good enough to send us a little bit of audio, so we'll play that. Just before we get to the top of the hour, Bama, Bob, Trent, and I will preview some of the bigger games. Coming up at 12.05-ish, Tom Cakert on the Hawkeyes, and then we will make some picks before we turn things over to Murph and to Andy. How
2: are you, Trent Condon? I've been better. Not feeling great. You know, I started to, every once in a while, you start to feel that little tickle in the throat. It was Friday night. Started to feel it. During the play-by-play or or driving home? You kind of get it up in the throat, feeling it a little bit. Oh, go you the, didn't drive home. You drove over to City Yeah, football game. Yeah, yeah. And just the, the tickle's been there, and then it hit me like a ton of bricks last Eesh. night and went to another level. So got an early uh, early night, thank goodness, for Marquette blowing out Kansas, so I didn't have to stay up to the end of that one. Yeah, what happened there? I watched it until cool. the just almost at the end of the first half. And I told um, one of my buddies that's a Jayhawk fan, I said, I really like Marquette. He's like, what, are you getting eight and a half? I go, no, four and a half. Oh no, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Should should not have listened to the Jayhawk fan on that. Did one. they lead it all in the basketball game? If they did it, I mean, was, yeah. maybe it, it a might couple. have been early, but right. it was domination. It and was. that Cola kid, he is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He just did, he is such a smart point guard. Uh-huh. He's six three, but one thing I was looking at yesterday as I was uh taking a look at this Marquette team is I don't know if there is a Yeah, there's experienced teams in college basketball. I mean, we still got fifth- and sixth-year guys that are still running around out there and doing it. Right. But this Marquette team, these guys have played together for a really long time. So, Kolek, he's been there for four years. Uh, Cam Jones, he's come in. He's a third-year junior that's played all three years in Marquette. This is something that is not reality anymore in college basketball. Uh, Ishdaro... He's a guy that's been so around. You look for you look for those veteran teams, and he's been there for four oh. years. I, I was just going through the roster, and I was shocked. I was thinking, well, you know, there's probably some new kids that came in. They got a grad transfer here. They got this and that. No, these are just guys that have played together for a really long time. What a rarity in mm-hmm. college basketball yeah. anymore. So what did Shaq and Smart and
1: Self get into each other for? What was that all about? It was. It had to do with McCullough or something? Trash talking?
2: Yeah, and he was John a lot. Was he? Oh, yeah. Th- did he
1: realize what the score was in the game?
2: Well, and that was when it was a little bit closer in the first half. I mean, it was still like a 8-10 point game, and he was going, and he was playing really, really well. I mean, he was... He's had to do a really good start this year. Back-to-back triple-doubles uh-huh. before last night. Uh, that's the level that he was playing at, but... This Marquette team, uh, this is a real team, and I'm going to guess those future tickets. Warts on Kansas? They're not
1: deep. Yeah,
2: you know, and do they have a shooter? mm, Nobody that you're overly concerned about. It's. Let's get the ball into Dickinson. Yeah, I mean is a decent three-point shooter. No, he right? is.
1: Yeah, he can shoot a little bit. Yep. Decent,
2: but yep. not great. I think he's around 30% for for his career. So, you're not talking about a high level KJ Adams. What was the de- did you see what the deal was with him? I think he had a family member that passed away. Oh, well, right when they got there, found out about it, and still played. But more than anything, it's Kansas. They have no depth. I mean, they're uh-huh. going seven deep, and there is just not a whole lot there. You know, Dewan Harris. If he's not shooting from the outside, you wonder about him and, and what else he can add to it. So, just overall, not a whole lot of depth for this Kansas team. That was well. I was awestruck about how good Marquette was. What, what secondly, was
1: their price going into to win it all going into Marquette? The, yeah, to win it all. Oh, Any man. idea? Were they 20, 20 25, Still big price. Yeah. Big price, okay. Probably not going to get that anymore. No, I bet you're not. I bet you're not. As the market overreacts once you see a game like that. Now earlier, I watched the Purdue game, uh, Purdue uh-huh. Tennessee, start to finish. Um, those are good. Two good teams. They are two good teams. I just can't get. I just can't allow myself to jump on Purdue's bandwagon like I was last year because we saw what happened. But I, they're all a year older. Those yes. freshmen are growing
2: up. They're now sophomores. Yep. So you got Brady Lawyer Smith, was unbelievable yesterday. A, a lawyer's a, a tremendous player. But you saw that show up in the game mm-hmm. against Fairleigh Dickinson. It's mm-hmm. just those young guys, and there's going to be moments where Edie's not going to be able to carry the team. So well, he was look, in foul trouble last night, and the other guys came in and had, did, did a decent job. Purdue, though, you just point to what Virginia did, right? Losing to UMBC. Yeah, interesting came, Trent, That's really good. Came yes. back the next year, yeah, next won the national year. championship. Yeah. So if your angst is only... And they got beat by a 16. Now, Purdue's got a lot more history than just that. It's more than just a game losing uh-huh. in the first round. I mean, go back a couple of years ago, they lost to North Texas in the first round in overtime. And and this is something that, I mean, you go back to Gene Cady. There were plenty of Big Ten championship teams, and they get knocked off in the first round. In fact, I want to say it was 1989. We know until Virginia there had never been a 16 to beat a 1. There have mm-hmm. been a few close calls. Mm-hmm. And Purdue was one of them. I want to say it was Western Carolina that they were playing. And Western Carolina took them to overtime. Eventually Purdue won. But this has been something that's kind of stuck with huh. the Boilermakers for a really long time. All right. Uh, Football-wise, uh, what are
1: we seeing as far as point, point spread on either of these two games? The Iowa. Iowa's going to be a dog in the football game. That's pretty apparent now. The number's about 2, 2.5. Meanwhile, the Iowa State numbers is sitting uh, right now this morning at K-State is 10. So it's kind of
2: fluctuated a little bit. Um, I don't know. We're seeing 25 flat now for, on the uh, For the total? Caesars right now has it at 25. I, really? <laughs> Superbook 25 and a half. Circa has it at 26 right now. Are we going to see a 25, 24 and a half? I told you that that number from Kenny White. I told you this three weeks ago. yeah. And he, uh, his updated numbers that he sent out this week, uh, he's got the final 10-7. Nebraska. 10-7. Not nuts. 17 no. It's been a weekly annuity. Yes. Just jump on the under. They're nine and two uh-huh. to the under this year, are the Hawkeyes. Wow. Nine and two to the under. Yeah, I seen a lot of twenty fives out there. Isn't that wild? It is. It really
1: is. I never thought we'd be. Every at this point. single week it just keeps getting lower mm-hmm. and lower and lower. What do you make? What do you what do you think happens in the Iowa game? I, They're saying
2: the right things, Trent. They are, and I'm not surprised by it. Look, you don't build the kind of culture that Kirk Ferentz has. To take a week off. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's not how that, org- well, it's not how they're built. Right. It just isn't. But would you be surprised if a couple series, and Connor Colby doesn't look very good in he's no, out? No, I wouldn't be a bit surprised at all. And I think it would be the prudent decision. Right. Because as we've said this week, the game doesn't mean it, it anything. It doesn't mean anything. You're right. It's keeping a rival It's the down. trophy. Right. Right. It's a made-up trophy, though, yeah. that has a corporate sponsorship behind it. Yeah. It doesn't There'll mean There'll be it. a void in a trophy case, perhaps. Right. But if it leads to... The, the bigger, bigger trophy. trophy. Right. <laughs> right. that is it's a completely different conversation. Right. Do you know... Um, I know you love to look at the bowl projections. Mm-hmm. If Iowa would pull the Shocker, they, it won't be the Rose Bowl because that's a college right. football playoff this year. Is it the orange bowl that they would go to? It defaults to somebody, I'm not sure. Because I know the orange bowl has the connection with like the ACC, the Big 10 and Notre Dame and each of the conferences mm-hmm. plus Notre Dame have to appear a certain amount of times. I think that's what it would was be. Was that is that what happened in 09 or was it 09 or 10? 09, right? Yeah, 09 season. The
1: 09 season, yep. right? Uh, when and it was in 2000 cuz it was January 2nd or 3rd, wasn't it? Was. It? Yep.
2: And it was cold. It was awful. It was awful. Forty-seven degrees at game time, and it dropped down into the thirties. That was a chilly, chilly yeah, one. Remember it well. Uh, but I think that's what it is. That'll be the Orange Bowl if they pull the shocker upon shockers. Wouldn't it be fun just to go somewhere else, though? It. Re- I I couldn't you know, agree with you more. Something different. Yes. They've been to the Orange Bowl a bunch of times. Right. Can't you throw a Cotton Bowl or a Fiesta Bowl or a Sugar Bowl? Just something different, right? This is college football as a whole It needs to really go back to the drawing board, but they can't. I mean there there's no there's no czar, right? That's looking down and saying this is what's best for the sport. And you hear the litigation. Did you hear this week that litigation where players are looking for a a cut of the T V money? I did not. Basically I'm not surprised. And it it was like four billion dollars going back and going forward and something like that. And you know, outside of Texas and Ohio State mm-hmm. and those programs, it would be devastating. I mean yes. it would be something that They still need this Mm -hmm. money to go. The one thing, though, that also came out of that that I was absolutely amazed by. At the Power 5 level, football coaching salaries, from the head coach Mm -hmm. all the way down, is going to outpace by 2025 scholarships across the board for Power 5 programs. Wild. Football coaches only. What a change. Hayden Fry never made... Oh, by the way, retired 25 years ago
1: today was his announcement. I saw that. I watched it on Twitter this morning.
2: Uh, that's what uh, popped into my mind. Yeah. 20, 25 years ago, I think his last couple of years he made like one hundred twenty five, maybe $150,000. That was a
1: time where it was okay. The scholarship yeah. was enough. Right. That's what, yeah. <laughs> Because the assistants had to have other jobs in like, the off season. Now, $10, $12 uh,
2: million a year for a head coach, and yeah. you just buy him out like Jimbo Fisher, right. and here's $75 million go to away. go away.
1: Yeah, go away. We have to reevaluate mm-hmm, this. We do. But they won't. Nope. They won't. It's uh, the genie's out of that bottle, Trent. It's 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 gone. Those days, sadly, in in a lot of ways, are gone. Well, be interesting to watch with the players. And and here is the other thing: a week from Monday, um, we we're about to, I think, and I and I hope I am wrong in a lot of ways, embark on a. There, there is going to be another layer of sports talk radio in in in, in college markets. Is this guy getting... I mean, I heard that this guy got offered ABC by, by this school. Mm-hmm. And are they going to be able to match that offer? Is it serious? Um, it's free agency. It is. And it's here. And it starts a week from Monday, December the 4th. The transfer portal opens up.
2: Is this going to be crazier than what it was a season I ago? I believe it is. I believe we're, we're about to enter the Wild West of this. It's going to go for... Yes. last year was crazy. Last it, year was
1: crazy. But this year... Because all the collectives are starting to realize this now, that mm-hmm. they have to be prepared for this. This is zero hour on a lot of their calendars. Yeah. This is week
2: one, if you want to look at it that way. Um oh my God. Drink up. Drink up. And all of a sudden stuff? that young guy that you're real excited about. Yes, all of a sudden he's playing somewhere else. He's playing 15, he 20 snaps them. as a you know, freshman. Speaking
1: of that, and I and, and I'm pretty sure that this is the case. And if it's not, maybe I should have checked a little closer. <laughs> okay. Uh, But you know how I am about beer, right? The fact that Iowa State's got four of them and only one goes to the athletes. Does the Drake beer, is there a a share that
2: goes to NIL? Or is this all to the the university or the athletic department? I'm not sure. Now that you say that, I anticipated that it was something for NIL. I did too. And I was told, no, no, no.
1: To the contrary, Mm -hmm. this is nothing
2: that the players participate in. Why are they doing it if they, if they don't get to? Well, it's more money for the athletic department. It's not like Drake's flush with cash. Well, we if you find a new, If you find a new revenue stream, of course you're going to do that, right? Yeah, but don't... I mean, look at the roster, by
1: the way. How much is Overton going to cost at the end of the year? Sure. <laughs> this kid's a player. <laughs> He's really good. He's, him and Tucker DeVries are going to do some damage yeah, this year.
2: That's a backcourt.
1: That is a backcourt, Trent. And they... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was... Um, it it um sh- showed up on my radar a couple of days ago that i don't think that drake the nil for the it's a confluence product right it and is. apparently it's yeah. very very good i haven't
2: tried it yet i'm looking forward to doing so but apparently it doesn't go to the athletes yeah i'm looking through here there it doesn't say anything about it uh yeah going to their collective so i think you're right oh my god How about you and I's? Now that you say that, I wonder if you and I's is the same way too, because they just came out. I didn't realize they got one too. Yeah, I want to say two, three weeks ago, something like that, where uh, they were able to get their beer, uh, sell alcohol, single speed. Here it is. Brewing with you. This is through NIL deals, students can make money. It doesn't say officially here if this one's going. Yes, this one, you and I's, does benefit students. Good for you, you and I. Good for you. Uh, and, and Prowl beer. Unfortunately, that's
1: not the case at Drake. Hmm. That is not good. Um, hang on a second. I'm just getting a text. It's not an NIL beer. Not Drake. an NIL beer. Not an NIL beer. Why not? Why not? What are you doing, Drake? <sighs> Anyways, Stephen M. Simple coming up. Uh, from On3 Media, we'll get the Nebraska perspective. Of this uh, football game, 11 o'clock, Heroes Trophy will be on the line uh, for that one. Bull eligibility is on the line for those Huskers. They are stuck, and I mean stuck at five. They've had three opportunities uh, since the calendar turned uh, to... Uh, November to get over that hump and have been unable to do so to this point. Maybe this will be the week they're going to be a two-point favorite as they come into the football game. Did they find a quarterback? Do they have a different quarterback? Is Chuba Purdy Chuba Purdy, or you say his first name, is he the guy uh, going forward? Will he be on Saturday? I mean, i Hard pressed to believe that they would take him out uh, after what he showed. I mean, the long run, he rushed for over 100 yards. Passing numbers were okay: one pick, one touchdown, uh, 15 to 24 for a buck 69 against Wisconsin. A game that they lost in overtime. Will they be able to get that sixth win, or does Iowa? Put another one in the wind column let's talk to Stephen M Sipple on three media HuskerIllustrated.com. sip good to speak with you happy Thanksgiving to you and yours uh, let, let's I guess start with uh, Chubba Purdy is Purdy going to be the guy have to assume uh, that he's got the uh, he's got the start this weekend am I right
3: yeah in fact Matt Rule Matt rule said today that Chubba will be the starter there was little doubt and but yeah he'll he'll uh, We'll give it another go, and that and I'll tell you what that gives them. You know, it definitely enhances Nebraska's chance. We'll say it that way.
2: So we see him a week ago. He comes out there, right down the field. He's running. He's throwing. What five of his first five? He looked like a quarterback that, at minimum, is competent. Something we haven't seen really much this season. What took it so long? Has he been banged up throughout the course of this year? That's a good question.
3: Yes, he has. He's had a. I mean, I don't know exactly all his injuries, but the one that, you know, we know about, it's probably the what I would call the primary injury he has is he's facing a groin, like a groin issue that's, that's significant enough that it will require surgery. Mm. Now, it's, it's kind of, yeah, he's playing through it. He's worked, it's, it's worked out kind of well because, he didn't have to play, so he's able to kind of not not rest it, but there's le- there's less wear and tear. He's been practicing all along, but you know, recently, hey guys, as recently as the Maryland game, so you know, games ago,
1: Yeah,
3: um, he was scout team quarterback. Jeez. You know, so yeah, it's amazing. But he, you know, he he would at the same time would be number three he's always been number three so (laughs) it's been it but it's interesting right Mm -hmm. the the confusion some people have and I sense that you might have it is wait a second he seems better than the other two guys yeah he he is but the injury is kind of a complicator because he was he was sidelined in the spring all right he didn't practice in the spring and then I think in August he was limited to a certain degree so he couldn't really himself, and win the job at that time. But all the while, he's been, you know, he's been practicing and doing what he can.
1: He's a redshirt sophomore, correct, Sip? Is that right?
3: Yeah, he's in his fourth year. I mean, I just go by that. He's interesting because he seems so young, but he's in his fourth year. Right.
1: It is fourth year. Okay. So he's, yeah, for further along with that COVID year, I guess. Um, well, so how do you, what, when you look at Iowa, Sip, I guess what, uh, what does Rule, other than saying great things about the Ferrance family, which did not go unnoticed over here, I will let you know that, that that was, uh, there were a lot of very appreciative ears, uh, in the state of Iowa, Hawkeye fans that, uh, that really appreciated what Matt Rule said about Brian and about Kirk and the respect that they, uh, have for both. Not that, no, but not that the majority, want to keep Brian but just the fact that uh, the Matt rule went out of his way to say good things about the Ferentz family so having said that what does Nebraska think about this Iowa team what are they pr- preparing for
3: oh yeah but the deal is it's, 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 here's the deal I can't you can't give I mean the, you can give Iowa quite a compliment and and in many ways, Not these exact words. This is what you hear from Nebraska. You got to go beat Iowa. You got to beat them. That's what I love about that football team over there. I do, especially as an older guy. I love it. You got to beat them. They don't hand it to you. Not very often, right? Yep. And I, you know what? I respect that so much, but it's hard. You got to wrestle them down. I mean, you got to, you got to pin them and it's really hard to do. And Nebraska did it last year, though, so they can do it. Um, I, they don't have James Palmer. They don't have that explosion downfield. Um, they don't have Casey Thompson. But, you know, Casey was a quarterback last mm-hmm. year. But, no, they, Nebraska knows full well what it's getting into here. And, you know, and it might come down to the punters, really. I mean, It's, <laughs> it's, it's really light. I mean, I think Tory Taylor might be the most important player in the game. You have probably heard that. I got to think you hear that from people sometimes. Yep, yep. Nebraska's punting has been was abysmal. If you watch the Wisconsin game, you know, and I think you guys lead, You can lead the country, or you're close to leading the country in that punting. Um, and Nebraska's 88, and that's they're they're probably a little overrated at 88 because it's been worse <laughs> lately. Um, so I think I think Taylor's big. They know that field position is going to be gigantic. What I hope, what I hope, is there's a couple years ago it occurred to me, and I think maybe I read it on a message board or somebody put the thought in my head, is that Iowa at halftime two years ago maybe just told his players, just keep slugging away. Nebraska will find a way to screw itself up. You know, they'll they'll find a way to lose. Just keep winning. I hope that that goes away someday. It kind of went away last year.
2: If they don't get the win, Nebraska doesn't get the win, and falls short of Bull eligibility with needing just one win in the final month to do it, how much of a handicap is that going into the offseason, if at all, for the Husker program?
1: I don't know.
3: I should not I should never do that. See, I
1: don't know. <laughs> um, I, uh, I Let's
3: just say this. A win would help greatly because then – there's something tangible to sell and it's really something tangible being a nine win team that's ranked. You know, we've been a ranked nine win team, our rival and we, we have been close, but we finally got over and now we're, you know, now we're ending that God awful bull streak. haven't been to a bull since 2016. That's big. Mm-hmm. Now if you lose, is it a huge drawback? It doesn't seem like it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it hasn't. The season hasn't been a disaster. Like it, it's not like 2017. You guys think back to Mike Riley's last season which mm. down the stretch, it was blowout after blowout after blowout. Iowa came in here to Lincoln and crushed Nebraska on its home field. Nothing like that. Now, I guess. It, I guess while well, we're talking, if Iowa came in and put the hammer to Nebraska, like 35 to nothing, yeah. That'd, and it changes that conversation a little bit, but no, right now I think Nebraska is pretty well positioned. Matt Rule said this week. <coughs> excuse me, um, Matt Rule said this week that if you did an autopsy on Nebraska's program, um, you would cut it open find and find it as healthy as it can be. And yeah. you know what? I I I everything I've seen and heard suggests that's the case. So I'm it's a it's a little bit of a kind of dramatic coach-speak, coach,
1: coach speak, but i buy it. Mm. Uh, your field goal kicker, Sip, uh, fair to say he's done a pretty nice job this year? I mean, if it comes right down to it, if this is a close game, as seemingly a lot of Iowa games are, uh, if Alvano has to uh, make a kick, he's uh, certainly got the ability to do that?
3: Yeah, I mean, he's a freshman. It's a little scary, because he missed one against Wisconsin, right? Um, and he made one. But he... I, I feel pretty confident in him. He has a super strong way.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, if he has to hit from forty five, he can do it. I mean, it's not he's not he's not limited that way. He's just been a little inaccurate. Okay, he went. He started the season bad. He did uh, missed a few, missed a few, got kind of on track, and then you know then they missed one against Wisconsin. Made one late though, so that helped make up for it. But I. I'd say I'm pretty confident in him, and I think I think that he is really important. I think he, the punter is important, and the place kicker is important. And of course, same, same with Iowa.
1: Sounds like this game's trending to an under. Pretty, uh, we we shall see. Not a lot of points. Points at a premium by the sounds of things. Sip.
3: I think so. I mean, I I do think Nebraska's got a real defense. I've been saying that to you guys. Uh huh. You, You know, Wisconsin, they were good. They were, I would say, good. Plus, not great, but good plus. I will have a lot of trouble against Nebraska's defense. It's not a, it's a legitimately good defense.
1: Yeah, two of them are going to be on the football field on uh, on Friday uh, morning into the afternoon. Sip, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll speak with you next week. I hope we're not recapping the season. I hope we're talking about uh, your thoughts on the... What's uh, wrong with you, Hawkeye
2: hater over there? <laughs> I just want... You love Nebraska. I want Nebraska to you. get the ball eligibility. Look, Look at I've that, rooting against the Hawkeyes. Mr. <laughs> Iowa over there, Ken Miller. They have Miller. nothing to Jeez. play for. Uh, Sip, God bless you. <laughs> God
1: bless you. <laughs> we'll talk next week, Sip. Thank you, buddy. All right, thank you. happy Thanksgiving, Stephen M. Sipple from On Three Media, HuskerIllustrated. Yeah, I want to talk to Sipple about a bowl game. It's been a long time. Yeah, I like that bull streak going the way that it is. Keep keep that thing going. Well, I was got a chance to do just that. Boy, oh boy, this is going to be. I mean, the last couple of weeks, I've gone into it into the Iowa game, thinking, you know what, this is the week that it <laughs> that they explode, not explode, but right, right. you know, do something, put up 27, 28 yeah. on their own, and Rutgers. They tried. A, they tried. They tried. Yeah. They tried. If Rutgers would have done their part. Yep. But I don't think that at all about this week, Trent. I think, what did, what did Kenny White say? 10 7. 10 7.
2: Huh. Might be 9 6. Over under punts at the kind of casino is
1: 15.5. Under by a smidge. By a 14.5. 14 14.5. 14 and you would have been a over. a really good number. <laughs> Under by a smidge. That's where we are. Yeah.
2: You can't turn it over,
1: right? This I mean, is that's... a battle of punters. you just yes. said. And I will they're talking about I was guy. punter.
2: Yeah, and I will take their guy right. more times than not.
1: How many of these have we done over the years where we're talking about the
2: quarterback or the running really? back? or Spe- <laughs> Talking about the punter. Well, speaking of punter, you saw on Saturday, not having Cooper DeGene as a yeah. gunner. yeah. That's impactful. That
1: is very impactful. John Nestor, a lot of what, yards
2: left on the field, kicked one at like the seven. They had mm-hmm. the other one that went into the end zone. That Caprino would have been there. Mm-hmm. He is. Special. So
1: it, is is Weijin been given marching orders? Like just put up your
2: hand. Well, he had the big return to set up That's the at the very drive. end. Yeah. yeah, At
1: the very end. He did. That was huge. I think it was huge. Get a little confidence there. Yeah. And he's good to go. That's a really good point because yeah. that was the end of the game. So that mm-hmm. maybe that carries forward this week because we know he's got the wheels. I mean, he can fly. Yes, he's fast. He can fly. He's fast. Uh, Bill Seals will join us next. CycloneReport.com will take a look at Iowa State, K-State, do some basketball as well. Seals coming up next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. agent with the Misty Solwich Home Selling Team. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. About 25 minutes before noon, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. With you until just before 1 o'clock. We'll hear a little snippet from Mitch Holtz as the voice of the Chiefs. Coming up here in about 20 minutes right now. Bill Seals covers Iowa State for CycloneReport.com, part of the Rivals Network. Bill, Trent, and Ken, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. How are you, Bill Seals?
3: I'm doing well, guys. Appreciate you having me, and uh, thank- happy Thanksgiving to uh, you guys as
1: well. Well, we appreciate what you do for us. I guess, uh, was Jared Hufford made available yesterday? Is he off-limits now after, the, uh, after he tried to pick a fight with Texas last week? <laughs> Have you heard from the, uh, the fifth-year senior? Has he learned better?
3: Well, I think they put a gag order on him yesterday. He was not a bit one of those uh, four players
1: available. <laughs> yeah, good, good idea. Who did you hear from, and uh, what were some of the takeaways, Bill?
3: Well, I, I think uh, kind of the, the takeaway, uh, I think this team, granted, they're already bowl eligible, got the six wins, but uh, I think that a lot of these guys still remember all too well that 62-14 to 14 loss to uh, TCU that ended the 2022 season, so I think they want to go out. Granted, there's one more game left, but they want to look a whole lot better. I think coming out of the regular season than they did uh, a year ago. Uh, certainly, the Farmageddon uh, rivalry, the, the fact that there's going to be a one year or at least a one year long in that in mm-hmm. 2026 that came up as well. Uh, you know, all of the uh, the traditions, the the rivalries that are kind of dying with uh, conference realignment. Uh, that was another one that that came up. This is kind of a fun rivalry. Uh, certainly, two fan bases that really get behind their schools. So, uh, some talk about that as well. And then uh, certainly K State. How balanced this team is? Mm. Uh, top twenty and uh, scoring the de- top twenty five and scoring offense and scoring defense. So we're going to be cut out for the Cyclones on uh, Saturday night.
2: So uh, I thought it was interesting. Nate Shieldhouse came up and talked about having a young guy in that role and can he lead and absolutely we've seen that from shield house in the turnaround out of this offense but you also mentioned kirk ferentz i don't remember a time that kirk ferentz came out outside of of course iowa state week when coach campbell is talking
3: yeah yeah giving high praise to him uh i think came in the same statement mentioned john haycock as well Mm -hmm. as far as you know, age doesn't necessarily uh, – granted, uh, Nate Shieldhouse on the younger end of things and doing pretty well, but also kind of said that age maybe doesn't make a, a big difference as, as long as guys are great communicators, brought up uh, – uh Haycock and and Ferentz as well, high praise for the Iowa head coach. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Uh did uh what, what do they expect to see quarterback wise this week? I mean Will Howard was the guy. He misses sometimes Avery Johnson comes in and he's been he's been great. Uh but I don't think he played last week against Kansas. Do you know if is is there something going on there or has they just gone back? It's uh now Will Howard's job going forward and then he's gonna be the guy again.
3: Well, I think that this is Will Howard's job. I don't think it was anything necessarily against Avery Johnson, but maybe a whole lot better play out of Will Howard. Uh, Certainly, Mm -hmm. I I think he's playing his best football that we've seen. Uh, He he certainly didn't really look good against Iowa State, I think, in in recent matchups. But gosh, uh, here over the last uh, five games, he's really, really clicking. Uh, Fourteen touchdowns to two interceptions. Uh, obviously, that would be a seven to one TD to INT ratio. That ranks eleventh nationally, and he's just—I think—he's playing his best football right now. He's a dual threat quarterback and per teams both ways. And I, w- I would expect to see Will Howard for much of this game on Saturday night. Obviously, you know injuries, uh, withstanding.
2: We see Matt Campbell now beat Kansas State three different times, and uh, what three of the last five games? Two of the last three. Last year's loss, ten nine. There's been some inexplicable losses. There's been some impossible losses in this rivalry throughout the years here. But, boy, it just feels like kind of going forward in the new Big 12. This is something that, well, though we're not going to see it on a yearly basis, it's just kind of two teams kind of almost fighting for for the same area, right? Two teams that are just out there trying to find that same space, and it feels like Iowa State. Is K-State a program to maybe try to emulate going forward?
3: Well, I think certainly these these two, uh, the these two head coaches, it starts right there. Uh, you know, Matt Campbell, uh, who's a D three guy at Mount Union, kind of worked his way up through the ranks. Uh, Chris Kleiman uh, did some great things at North Dakota State and, and now at, at K State. So, uh, th- and yeah, certainly in this new Big Twelve, uh, K State is going to be one of those teams, along with Kansas as well that are going to be ones to contend with on an annual basis, and, and certainly regional rivals as well. You, I, a big thing I do, obviously, is cover recruiting, and it seems like Kansas State, Kansas, are teams that uh, these recruits are hearing a lot from too. So on the recruiting trail, certainly these are our teams to contend with. So yeah, I, I, these have been close matchups in, in recent years, 10-9. Uh, to nine. That very well could have gone Iowa State's way, Uh, Last year, I think that was certainly one of the low points of uh, 2022 in that four and eight season. They win that, uh, you know, two points better in that one, it would have been three straight in this series. So, but uh, certainly, you know, Kansas State seems to be clicking on all cylinders at this stage. Um, Certainly in the stretch run, uh, poised to maybe get back to Dallas and and defend that conference championship again next month.
1: Uh, The switch to basketball, of course, it's going to be. It's going to be good to see this team tested. I guess we'll put it, we'll put it that way, Bill. And I'm not sure that uh, when that's going to come this weekend. We certainly hope that it is, but they got to be ready to play somebody that's going to give them a challenge as well, right? I mean, I know the fan base for the most part clamoring for it, uh but uh, the team itself has got to be ready to, you know, go up against a uh a, a team that they're, you know, going to have to um, and maybe not a, a 40 minute thing, but, uh, but certainly, um, you know, more so than they have experienced so far with the competition that they've played.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Certainly these four games, I, I think it, uh, a masterful job, though, by TJ to to get these four wins early on, get the confidence for probably his youngest team that he's had in Ames. They've done just that. Uh, one of the one of the country's leaders in in uh, <laughs> in point differential through four games easily. But uh, yeah, they're, they're going to go down there to Orlando uh, tomorrow afternoon, face off against BCU. Uh, and then uh, either Boise State or Virginia Tech away. Certainly, I think uh the, the class of competition going to get much better in in Florida this week. The top side of that bracket: Penn State, Texas A and M, uh, FAU, and uh, and Butler. So, yeah, I think uh, over the what three games in the next four days uh, going to provide a, a true test for this team. Uh, a nice one, I think, at this stage of the. Of the season, and then they'll go down there without Hassan Ward as yep, well. So yep. maybe to see how they're going to do without him. Uh, you know, it's not too not too bad though when you can turn to a five star <laughs> right. to uh, Omaha Balu to plug in uh, when you lose a guy like Hassan Ward. But as uh, certainly, Omaha had uh, a pretty good game his last time out. Yep. It's kind, of kind of nice to get him going at, at, with uh, Ward being out.
2: If you got Coach Otts uh, a quiet opportunity, do you think he would have beefed up this schedule just to touch more seeing how this team's kind of off and running early on? We'll get to learn more about him, obviously, this week, but maybe another one of those good non-conference games, at least a minimum, if uh, kind of looking back in hindsight.
3: Well, I don't I, I, I don't necessarily think so, Trent. I think that uh, it, 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 it was about getting to, a, I think, a wins threshold for for TJ and and to get this team in the NCAA tournament again, um, they're going to get that that strength of schedule rating up when they play in the Big 12. But mm-hmm. I think the magic number though overall they wanted to get to get to 20 wins and that certainly beefs up the resume. They're going to play a tough schedule in the conference. Uh, they'll they'll go on the road in that Big East Big 12 game against DePaul on December 1st. Granted, the, the, DePaul seems like it's a little bit down, but you get Iowa at home. But uh, that's for the most part, I think, in conference season, that, those are going to be the the uh, highlight games for, for the Cyclones after uh, playing down in Orlando this week.
1: Bill Seals, CycloneReport.com, part of the Rivals Network. Bill, thank you. Uh, we appreciate your contribution. Anything you'd like to promote before we let you go?
3: Well, no, certainly it's going to be a busy week uh, here on on, uh, CycloneReport.com, the the three games and four days for basketball. I'm uh, working through my game preview right now. That's always a a must-read, I think, for subscribers to the site. That'll be uh, posted in its usual spot Friday morning. Uh, Certainly it was a big recruiting weekend for the Cyclones last Saturday on the the gridiron, and I've had some features sprinkled in on some guys that were in on campus for that, so never a never a dull a dull moment. And uh, you know, even though it's a holiday weekend, there's still going to be tons of coverage on that site, the Iowa State uh, site on the uh, Rivals Network of team sites.
1: Good stuff, CycloneReport.com. Bill Seals, Bill again. Happy Thanksgiving. We appreciate. It. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Bill. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, good to talk to you, Bill Seals. CycloneReport.com. Panthers and the Tar Heels tied up at 27.
2: Bowen born. Oh for 5. Titan Anderson's good. Titan Anderson is good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. He looks like he belongs on that floor yeah. with that team. Heise, yeah. he's good. And that Hudson kid, their big guy that they got from Loyola that barely played at Loyola, do you see that finger roll he just had a moment I, ago? I didn't see it. He, he crashes down the, he gets to the top of the key, yeah. drives on the the North Carolina center, and finger rolls it really? in over another guy. You See, what, 6'10", 6, 6, Nah. 9, yeah, maybe 6'10", yeah.
1: yeah. Got some size to Good mm-hmm. stuff. Well, they're giving him a fight. And, mm-hmm. and Boren Boren has made a shot. So, you know, that's going to change. At least you would assume. Uh, anyways, we'll take our time out. We've got a couple of minutes of Mitch Holtis' and we come back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Michael Myers, Squibb, and Pfizer. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Papa John's Central Iowa. They sponsor Mitch Holtis on a weekly basis. Unable to join us Uh, Live here today, but uh, he did send along a a brief audio clip. Here's Mitch Holtus on the defending Super Bowl champs.
0: Happy Thanksgiving, Ken and Trent. It's another crazy week, short week, with a holiday in the middle of it. That's a first-world problem. But by the way, Ken, a shout-out to your Denver Broncos with a legitimate four-game winning streak. That and the Chiefs' lost to the Eagles Monday night. And guys, it's hard not to think that the Chiefs let one slip away. They dominated the Eagles for the first half, limiting Jalen Hurst, the number one offense in the NFL, to five completions and forced five sacks. And they held A.J. Brown to one catch for eight yards and lost. Two red zone giveaways from unlikely sources, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and a dropped touchdown pass by Marquez Valdez-Scantling that would have won the game. It's kind of hard to get out of the mind of the Chiefs' kingdom. But they have to. The loss to the Eagles puts the AFC in the image of a twisted garden hose. Uh, The slip by the Bills and Bengals guys and the Chiefs loss has no less than 11 of the 16 AFC teams thinking they've got a real shot for the postseason. The Chiefs, now they've lost their wiggle room here. They let the one seed go for the time being to the Ravens. They cannot get caught in a hangover against the Raiders. The Raiders and Broncos have one thing in common over the past 40 days. They are both playing inspired defense. The Silver and Black is rallying around their interim coach Antonio Pierce, who was a linebacker for the New York Giants and was fierce Pierce, and his defense went to a Super Bowl championship. They, but the Raiders have the unblockable Max Crosby, and this defense is feisty. Linebacker Robert Spillane has three interceptions. His teammate, Divine Diablo, is playing the best football of his career. But one interesting twist to this game is the relationship of Raiders interim coach Pierce and Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola. It goes back to the Giants days. Spags has coached hundreds of players in a career that has spanned four decades. But one of his favorite all-time dudes is now the coach of the opponent this week.
1: Yeah, this does not surprise me. Knowing uh, Antonio as long as I have, he was a coach when he was a player. Um, I bounced things off him all the time. He grinded tape. He saw things. He saw big-picture things. The one thing that I always loved about Antonio, and he's showing that now as a head coach, is he was able to talk and communicate and relate to all the rooms the D-line room. The, he was a linebacker, so the linebacker room, the DB room. He'd go over to the offensive line, but he was that kind of guy. It was a dynamic personality. It doesn't surprise me that he's got a team that's rallying around him and enjoy playing for him. He loves the game, and, and yet with all that, you know, you can call him a player's coach if you want, but he's a, he's a disciplined guy, and a rule is a rule, and he's going to set people straight,
2: and I think people respect him for that.
0: The Chiefs must be ready for this one and figure out the mystery of the first two possessions of the third quarter, and In the past five games, including the two games against the Broncos, the first two possessions of the second half has yielded Three points, three holds, a critical drop pass, two false starts, a fumble lost in the red zone and a sack. Otherwise, the Chiefs would have blown out the Eagles, Chargers, Dolphins, Broncos the first time and possibly won the Denver rematch. Another certainty is that the Chiefs defense is now number one in the NFL in points allowed. Consider this. They have faced the number one, two, four and five wide receivers in the NFL in the first nine games and limited or shut down all of them. And Raiders' Devontae Adams is looming on the horizon Sunday. If you're tired of turkey this weekend, check out Papa John's Shacaroni or their new Twix creation. Now, from my friends Tom and Matt Donaldson, they want to wish everybody as well, Happy Thanksgiving from all their stabs at the Papa John's of Iowa. There's way too much football over the next four days not to order some pizza from PapaJohns.com.
1: All right, thank you, Mitch Holtz, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. We will take our time out. Come back. Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football. Take a look at some of the rivalry games this weekend. Tom Cakert at the bottom of the hour. Our picks as well. Before we get out of here just before one. Miller and Condon, one hour to go. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.